Welcome to a new episode of Craft Beer Conversations, where the beer and the conversation are always on me. As we continue to celebrate American Craft Beer Week on CBC, I reached out to one of my favorite people in the business, Steve Johnson, the owner of Motor City Brew Tours. Not surprisingly, the beer tourism industry was crushed, at least temporarily, by the pandemic. But as shots go into arms and numbers recede and more places open and restrictions fall away, the tours are back. Before the first weekend in May, he hadn't conducted a tour in 14 months. 14 months! Like almost everything else right now that has resumed, there have been some changes. Some of those changes are temporary and some are permanent as we look to find whatever that new normal is. Check it out. 14 months is a long time off. Like, what was it like to get back out there, even if it was a little different and at least have something going? Yeah, uh, I did. You know, I have I did pre-COVID. This was a tour I did, a Detroit Beer History walking tour in the Eastern Pit area. So uh, it felt weird at first, I'd say. But I had a mask on. I checked in people. Everyone was cool. Everyone was kind of wearing masks. But we were all outside which we would have been anyhow for that tour. So I wouldn't say the tour itself, that part, the logistics of it weren't really that different. Um, then I wore like an amplified, like I had like a headset on with like an amplified mic. So like it's almost like a Walkman-ish device that looks like kind of like that, like a little speaker that you put on like your belt loop. Yeah. And then as I talk, it amplifies my voice out, which means I can stand back a little bit. You might see it like if you we're doing a tour in a museum or something they might do it that way they do it in uh at, when you go to the, like the u.s house and senate they, the, the lady that oh, the, the tour guide okay. that walks around i know exactly what you're talking about so then if if for you if it was only slightly different other than the masks and just the overall feeling what kind of feedback did you get from the people <laughs> on the tour because like you said if it wasn't all that much different um it should have been fun regardless but you know maybe it wasn't that big of an adjustment for them yeah, you know what? I, I I'm still not sure. Uh, after I did the whole thing, like I interacted with people in the same way I would. I probably was a little, you know, it took a little getting my swing of being a tour guide talking again in that capacity with the material that I've I've ha always had. Uh, but, you know, I got over that pretty quick. It's like kind of riding a bike, right? You know, I've yeah, always yeah. known how to ride a bike. But sometimes in like in the winter, I don't ride it for a while. Well, so this was 14 months of not <laughs> riding a bike. But now I'm back on it. And I and I remembered how much I liked riding a bike. And then I think from the guest standpoint, they remembered how how much they liked getting out and like having a new experience. And that seemed to be the reactions of people seemed to be that same way it would on a tour, just that some of them might have been wearing masks. And some weren't well, because we were outside, so it's acceptable to do that, right? If yeah. I was inside, obviously we'd have different rules, and um, that was fun. You know, the questions I got were similar, and um, how I finished the tour is a little different in that typically I would take them inside a brewery. So in this case, it would have been Eastern Market Brewing, and I'd buy everyone around. So in lieu of that, I did these things I call adult goodie bags. And that had like a pint glass, a cork coaster, and a sticker that's branded Motor City Brew Tours, and then a can of beer from a local brewery. And it was all in like this lunch bag. And then I had that perched at my car, which wasn't far from the brewery. And I walked the tour group to there, popped my trunk, and said, "Here you go." And everyone thought that was like awesome. 
And then they went on their own way and, and, you know, if they went and got a beer somewhere, then they did that part on their own in the end. And that was probably the only thing that was really different. But it sounded uh, like it was, a, but it but, was, it sounded like it was a hit though. At least the, the reception on the end of the, I think the goodie bag yeah. stuff is great, especially for people that are into cramp beer and stuff like that. You can never have too many pint glasses, right? Oh, so true. Right. And I've had 300 pint glasses in my garage <laughs> for like, you know, the pre-pandemic because I typically buy like a year's worth of swag in like the, the winter, fall, winter before the next whole season would kick in. So it's pretty funny. I've had those and shirts and coasters and all these other things just itching to get in people's hands. So my goal is to get as much of those back out there again uh, to tour to tour guests and, and bring a little more joy to people that way. And that's satisfying. You kind of leave going, all right, all those people were excited about that. How are you, how are you planning going forward? Have you made up your mind what you're going to do this summer or are you kind of going to let things flow as the restrictions? Cause they're going to probably change, right? Hopefully as more people get the vaccine, there'll be a, a, a loosening of restrictions. So I wonder, like, are you able to plan long-term? Or you just made a determination what you're going to do? Or are you going to kind of see what happens? My So my plan has probably not changed too much, which was I was going to start in May, like I so this past Saturday, and go through the spring, summer with outdoor walking and outdoor bicycle tours, which I would do anyhow that time of year. What I'm not what I'm not doing until probably the fall, unless I'm convinced otherwise to do it earlier or later, would be then I'll go back to occasionally doing bus tours to breweries and walking tours inside breweries at that time. So for now, those types of products that I offer, I just am not offering. And I'm just telling people these are the two things you can do with me. And it, you know, little by little. I think as the weather gets warmer, I'll see people sign up even more for those things. And once I think they do one, they're like, oh, hey, life's a little more back to normal. And then I'll adjust as I go. But I think me, like all the other tour operators I'm in conversations with, is all still a little bit of a wait and see. You know, everyone has different comfort levels. And, you you know, whether you're more comfortable or not, um, might not always be, you know, you need to dictate what the market is comfortable with, I guess, is my point. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're, it's customer service, right? I mean, that that's that's how it works. I, I totally understand. But I, I wonder, you talk about people coming back. Like, I would think that what you were doing would be as popular, if not more so. I know people like the boat. It's great. And the buses and going inside. But people, I, I feel like people are just itching to get out and do something, anything at yeah. this point. And, and now there's more things they can do, but this still offers them uh, a layer of comfort. Well, you're not thrust right back into it. You're outside. You're you know doing things that would be far safer than, than other things, even if everything right. is moderately safe at this point, right? So I, I would think people would be excited to come back and, and get out of the house, like you said, and have some fun. We think so. You know, this this coming Saturday, we're doing our first bicycle tour, and we got 17 people signed up for that. Honestly, that's about where we're going to cap them. We we typically wouldn't do more than that anyhow, but we're probably going to cap them around that 15, 16 range for most of these and keep the group sizes, you know, manageable and easy to, I guess, distance people when you need to. 
Um, but you think about it, all these people got excited about being outside more. That was what they did to escape for the last 14 plus months. Right. And a lot of people got into biking Yeah. and we think that, um, they're going to wake up and be like, what are activities I can do? Oh, they're doing these tours in the city that we could jump on and learn something. We got to, you know, people need to use these bikes. And I want to be someone who can help do that. <laughs> well, no, you know, that's like kind of how I'll look at it. No, but you bring up a great point that, I mean, at one point early on last spring, you couldn't get a bike. I mean, literally, it was almost impossible right. to find, depending on what you wanted or who you were or what it was, it was almost impossible to find a bike. They were selling out everywhere. It was the thing that people were doing. And, you know, I, it, it's one of those things that I wonder as people – for some people, you know, can they avoid it becoming another thing that sits in the back of their garage? And like you said, you give them the outlet as opposed to just going on a bike ride, right? It is a bike ride, but there's so much more to it. I think that's a great, I, I didn't even think about the, and of course you have the influx of bicycles and what that could mean for you. Yeah, we, we, we've really been feeling that. And, um, We've, we've seen those waves happen previously, like uh, when a lot of good press came out about biking in the city of Detroit, as they've added lots of great biking infrastructure with bike lanes and the River Walk and the Quindercut Greenway and other greenway options. And um, that, that theme has been there for years. And, you know, biking kind of ebbs and flows. Now I think we'll be in this great pattern of all these people that maybe rediscovered that they liked being on a bike again, uh, even, even if they were kind of forced into it a little bit because of the pandemic, that I think that will open up different opportunities for run, bike, and walk events, whether they're, you know, uh, whether they're for a, a for-profit company like myself or charity events. And I think once we're allowed to meet in larger groups again, you'll see a huge influx of all these types of events that would have normally happened in the past that have sidelined for probably two cycles now. That's going to be the case for my charity bike events. Um, we canceled last year and we really have decided we can't do bigger group events this year that people will want smaller right. group events. And that's what we offer is smaller group experiences. Um, so my hope is as the weather gets warmer, then we'll see even more traffic to the, the public dates we've put out there and maybe even some private dates, which, which we are obviously willing to do with like private groups that are all friends, which we had always seen that in the past. We might see like a group of six or a group of eight and they bought up a block of tickets for a public tour and, or they just hired us for a date that worked for them. So we're flexible and we're ready to do those things. I know that nobody could have planned for this and nobody could have, I mean, you could, if you would have known ahead of time, maybe you could have adjusted your business model. But I do feel like while some things that you do do present challenges, I feel like a lot of the things you do uh, are, are things people are going to want to do. I've said it before. I just, I, you seem to be positioned nicely. Again, you lose some of the bells and whistles, but I wonder if maybe the other things that you offer may even down the road, replace those things you still offer them but maybe less of them i don't know i don't know yeah well my you know my wife and i've had these discussions and you know i've done years of things where i'm on a bus with people and that's great for certain things but i have more fun being out there doing walking tours and bicycle tours anyhow and i do enjoy the the boat events we've done which we will come back to that at a certain point too but we've always thought that that it's part of a business cycle, though, is that you 
you either adjust it where there's opportunity or and or you adjust it uh, where you have more joy giving that service, right? So for me, I have more joy giving the actual service of the tour. And if I can take out an aspect of the logistics that is a pain point uh, for me personally to have to deal with, um, that's, that's even better, right? So a walking tour versus handling a bus, right. uh, you're solely focused on making sure the customer has a better time as opposed to making sure that like the driver is driving to where they're supposed to <laughs> and the timing is on left, things left. like that. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Right. And I could give you crazy stories over the years of like, you know, the bus driver did something incorrect. It just happens, you know, it's just the nature of driving. Right. And, uh, and, you know, and then, you know, you might've been narrated on a bus and you need to stop and you have to explain that. And then, you know, <laughs> right, right. where when you're doing a walking tour and or a bicycle tour, I mean, you're really totally focused on you know, walking them or biking them to kind of that next point, And then you're presenting some, some cool, you know, facts and uh, stories to them. And that's what you're focused on. And you're focused on making sure that they're enjoying that. And uh, that's really why I got into this business and why I, I still am in this business today is that I like that part of it. The beer has always been the bonus. So that's always been like the carrot on top. So if I could tell the story from within the brewery while they're enjoying beer, that's pretty awesome. Right. Or if I tell the stories outside our brewery and then they go get a beer at the end, but then I lean them to go to that brewery and then that supported that great small local business, then I'm, I'm just as excited by that. And all of those things are sorely needed now. We need to get people continuing to support these small businesses that have been battered so much, uh, throughout the last, you know, over a year now. And, um, my assumption is we'll we'll see that, and hopefully people will have a new focus on that local movement, which is supporting local, whether it's in their backyard or in their metro area or in their downtown area. Um, I'd like to think that folks have uh, um, should really understand that a lot more now that these were maybe they took for granted some of these businesses in the past, and now they realize that. You know, it's a husband wife team there or it's whatever and it's local jobs and we need that yeah. more than ever. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's one thing that uh that people realized early on in this pandemic was like if 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 you love a place and you don't support it, it may not be there whenever we get back to quote unquote right normal. And I I, I do think you've seen the community rally and I also think that part of that has been because I give the cramp breweries a lot of credit. I think out of all of the industries, especially in the service industry, I'm not sure if anybody adapted better. They lost their tap room, and then it was like everybody was like, "Give me all the cans you have." And and then some of the laws were yeah. loosened with with the way you could buy beer and distribute beer. And so, to me, I, the adaptation of the cramp beer industry is going to, to me, leave it stronger on the other side. I'm not saying it was worth it. Losing half a million Americans isn't worth it. That's not my point. But but right, 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 right. yeah. But, but I do think that craft beer is going to be better for it. I do. I, I like to think that, too. I like to always look at that positive point like you are. And I think that other industries should look at the craft beer industry and how they adjusted and learn from that, too. Um, because I, I could tell you there's, there's definitely restaurants I've seen that have changed nothing. And then I'm like, how could you not have adjusted right. something? 
You know, like if I want to, you know, some of these places, it's like fax in an order. I'm like, there's fax machines, you know, come <laughs> I on. My dad was the only one so that had one of those. Yeah. Right. But you know, the digitation, the di- I can't say that word right. Digitization. And yeah. yeah, that's such a hard word. It's to not say. fun to say. Yeah, only no. a, only an amazing radio voice like yourself could really do that. I cannot. I'm not of your caliber Nonsense. to say that word. Nonsense. But like that, that trend is going to continue, and, and consumers are going to really expect that. And when you look at the the craft beer industry, so many of these breweries adjusted and created like online. You know, they use some other platform to do online ordering yeah. now, and a lot of restaurants did that too. Just you know, not. I feel like almost not as many as the beer industry. Almost everybody does. And, uh, in my business as a tour operator, I really already was doing all those things. And it was a bit more common, I would say with tour operators that there's, you know, there's platforms you can use. So I use a third party ticketing platform. That's pretty amazing. I actually switched my system during COVID because I had downtime to research and get something more robust and I made it even better. Um, and, uh, now I feel like I want to help other businesses with that at times. Um, understand that because a consumer is ready. That's what they want. They want to be able to, they want to be able to get on their phone and learn everything they need to about your business and maybe even place orders for your products and services as effortlessly as possible. Yeah, You want to make it as easy they don't as want to ha- make it, take my money as easily as possible. Yeah. And that's my goal for my business. Like you go to my website and like the first thing you see is book now, you know, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't have, you know, 25,000 pictures you got to scroll through to get down to wherever it is to find out how to get on a tour. No, it's a book this now, right? And then you can click on it and you can click through and learn other questions and answers that you need about that offering. But businesses all should look at businesses, uh, you know, other businesses should look at what tour operators do and how we've tried to keep it focused and learn something from that. That was my conversation with Motor City Brew Tours owner Steve Johnson. More can be found at MotorCityBrewTours.com. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss anything across the Metro Detroit craft beer landscape and beyond. Plus, you can always follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Zach E. Clark, Zach with an H, or on Instagram at The Brew Man Chew and TikTok at Brew Man Chew to see what I'm up to.